Hello and welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. This week's podcast comes from the Cleric Stadium as we meet the members of the Wednesday Club. Find out what they do later in the podcast. But we'll start with reaction from Tuesday night's one-all draw away at Stone Old Alanians. A 90th minute equaliser from Darren Chadwick earned the Bears a point. So what did Richard Duffy think after the game? Point gained in the end. I mean, 90, 90 whatever, 91st, 92nd minute, obviously penalty, missed. And alive, Chad is still alive after the disappointment of, of not scoring the pen to, to put it in, which is great. So come away with a point. Um, I think our performance warranted more, if I'm, if I'm honest. I think we we created a umpteen chances set enough. And it looked like it, it, it was one of them days, you know, we, with the post, keeper made some great saves. Didn't quite drop to us in the right area. But I, I haven't got a problem with, with that performance. I thought we were, we were good for, for the majority of the game. It seems to be kind of patient. I think in the first half, I think I kept telling you, shouting, patience, patience, patience. Sometimes, is that, is that just the case? You've just got to keep working through through the patterns of play that you set and just the, the goal will eventually come? You know, you have to be, you know, they, they've set up to, to set in deep and it's on the counter and, you know, they, they've done that a few times setting half and, when you know, we, we, we've done it to teams higher, higher up the divisions when, you know, we sit in and try and hit them on counters and, and it's really hard to break down. So I think you, you have to be patient. You've got to work it side to side and wait, and wait for them to, to commit to something something that they don't want to do um, and then the gaps will open and you know I, that's what that's what we sort of expressed half time was, was what we were looking for and yeah you know to, to create the amount of chances we created second half if you said we were going to do that at half time then I, you know whether we scored or not I would have I would have accepted it. When you see the goalkeeper make so many saves, he's probably man of the match this evening, Pete Williams hits the post and there's a shot cleared off the line. As a manager do you think this is just not going to be one or another one night? Yeah I mean I think every Congles and Fanny knew would have thought the same, including myself, uh, the boys on the bench. You know, even even when you play and you just get that feeling sometimes, you know, when Coxie's come on, made a great run, and and, and the lads committed to the tackle, and he's, he's just nicked it before him and, and got us a pen. So yeah, I mean, subs coming off the bench, you know, one little down and, and making an impact, you know, making a nuisance of themselves. We, we went two up front, but didn't still want to go direct. I went two up front because we were getting crosses in the box without really a presence in there. So we went with two lad, two big lads up front to get crosses in. We, di- we didn't quite do that. It didn't quite work the way we wanted to, but still created chances. But yeah, second half, even first half was was, was okay, but second half I was delighted with. And you mentioned there about, about the bench, the impact the players came on. Is that something that you, I guess it's brilliant to have as a manager, those kind of different players that they can come on in these different kind of occasions? Yeah, I think you have to have different different kinds of, you know, what, what, what you're looking for off the bench, you know. The pitch didn't play... You know, it wasn't great to play on tonight. Every time you went to kick it, your standing foot would sink. So um, it's going to be a real problem for teams to come here later on, you know, in the winter and, and into the new year. So I'm glad we played here now. And, you know, I said to them for the game, whatever you pick up here today is a positive positive result because not many teams will come here and get results. You know, they they, they will rely on, on their home form to have a good season and they'll do well here. So um, to, to perform like we did in that game, I, I was happy. And I think he's nine league games now completed. Seven of those have been away, which is kind of unheard of, I think, unprecedented to, to start the season. So how pleased have you been with the kind of away, away performances? And I think it again showed that resilience that teams at times need when you're playing away from home. You need it every game because, as the old cliche, no game's easy. And it isn't, you know, anyone who thinks you can just turn up and win is, is unfortunately, football, especially at this level, or any level, in fact, isn't, isn't that easy. You know, with so many variables in a game. I just said to the boys, we, we all know what someone else wants to do because we can all see the picture. But when you get the ball, it's, it, you know, it's, it's the hardest thing in the world. So we try and make it as, as, as basic and 
predictable as, as we can for each other. And when we do that, we're, we're a good team. But yeah, as I say, there's a good point in the end because not many teams will come and get a positive result here. Yeah. Last Saturday as well, coming into this game, they, they win at Averston and another kind of hard-fought victory, I saw it, um, as described as. How do you reflect on that game on Saturday? Probably disappointed with the first half of Atherston. We stayed in the game, which which we can do as a team. We we know how to do that when we're not we're not quite at it, um, which we was in first half and second half. I thought we come out and and dominated for 20, 25 minutes. We went two 0 up. We we sort of stepped it up the gear, uh, and we knew once once we scored, you know, with with you know the way they've been, they've they haven't won they haven't won a, a league game. I don't think uh, drawn three games. And you know the, that psychological matter of going behind, we we knew that would affect them, and went two 0 up quickly, and, and should have put the game to bed three four five. Uh, we didn't quite do that. They scored, and then you know you're on the back foot. But yeah, we we seen the game up well in the end. And then on Saturday, you're at home. I guess you'd be glad to to to, to return to the Cleric Stadium against Dudley, and they're bringing fans on a bus, so you expect a good atmosphere. How pleased are you to be back at the Cleric Stadium? Yeah, it'd be nice to get a home game. You know, our home form this season has been good so far. Obviously two league games and a cup game and yeah hopefully they, they, they bring some fans and make the atmosphere good because you know we, we'll have our fans backing us again and, and hopefully we can give them something to uh, cheer about That was player manager Richard Duffy speaking after the Stone match on Tuesday night Preparations are already well underway here at the Cleric Stadium ahead of Saturday's game against Dudley Town I'm here with the Wednesday Club a group of around a dozen volunteers who yes you've guessed it meet on a Wednesday they all give up their time to help with jobs around the ground. Joining me now is Pete Proudman, who sits on the Congleton Town Board and is in charge of facilities here at the club. So Pete, what is the Wednesday Club? It's uh, a group of retired people who come down and do jobs around the club. All the grass cutting, cleaning up, all those different things really. Anything that wants to be done, to be honest. Uh, we have a couple of lads who are redoing the uh, away changing room. Weeding is a big problem at Congleton Town, so we have people who have to go around and clean the weeds, die, kill them off or, or rip them out. We have uh, an electrician who, who's very handy. Uh, we've got one or two lads who are, who are in the engineering trade, so it makes a big difference when you've got somebody like them. And we've got the two girls who are doing round the, painting around the pitch. Uh, they keep us in control. Why do you give up your, your time to come down on a Wednesday um, to be part of the club? I think, first of all, we all get on. It's, it's, it's like a little club, actually, because what's happened is, since the two girls have got involved, we now do a Christmas dinner, and we all put so much in, and we have a Christmas dinner, or we, you know, something at start of the season do. So, yeah, that's the idea, and to be honest, it's just... People just enjoy coming down, I think. Well, I do anyway. <laughs> so. And without people like yourself, the volunteers, essentially match days, we wouldn't be able to, to oh, no, Struggling along a bit, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the work is is actually done on a on a Wednesday. If we say being being totally honest about it, and it would cost it, you wouldn't be able to run it. It's as simple as that. And when did your involvement with Congleton Town first start? Quite a number of years ago, actually, because I was a Port Vale supporter, and then I would, when their Port Vale were away, I'd come down uh, and walk down another town, and then it sort of took over the other way around. So that's how it started, really. 
and and I'm interested in local football as well. So you know, they're a really nice group. What's been out of all the years that you've been involved in the club? What's been the biggest project or the biggest challenge that you've ended up working on? Well, I think the one for me would be the stand across the other side by the dugouts because John Cope dealt with all that uh, and it was a big job putting it all to, together like but it worked so we're happy I imagine you must end up doing some strange tasks as well what's perhaps the strangest task that you've, you've kind of had, had to kind of do I do know that we had to do the drains in the, in the away changing room when we played in the semi-final of the, of the Vars and we had to end up with our arms down the drains because the drains had flooded. Little story about that was, away players were in there, they were on about the water on the floor, and John Cope said, just use it as a, as a foot bath. <laughs> but we did clear it in the end, so... Yeah, that's the strangest. What are you most proud of in terms of whether that's a project you've worked on? Is there anything in particular you think... No, I think just the general tidiness of the club. I think, you know, I think when you come down here, it's clean and it's tidy. We could, we'd like different things, but what we've got is what we've got, isn't it, you know? And I imagine always on a Wednesday there must be much discussion as well in terms of about the, the, the club and the team and how it's progressing. In about 20 minutes, when we have a cup of tea, there'll be a discussion about last night's match <laughs> and what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And that's a brilliant part of it, isn't it? Because many of these, these volunteers, they've been involved in the club for many, many years and perhaps they've never really seen the club where, where, where it kind of is now. No, I think, I think the club's improved and improved. And hopefully we carry on doing the same, yeah. How has the ground changed during your, your years here? Because now we've got all four covered sides. It wasn't the case, I don't know, no. not that many year, year, no. years ago. What's, how, uh, how's the ground changed? I think the big change for me is the pitch. There's been a lot of work done on the pitch during the close season over the last three, four years, and it has made a difference. Uh, if you ask my wife about the changing rooms, we used to come down in the middle of the winter and it would be mud on the floor. Now, it's just grass cuttings, which is a lot better. <laughs> so yeah, so the pitch, yeah. What would you say to anybody who might be listening to this, who might be thinking, oh, I've got a Wednesday free, or I just want to come down and try and get, get, get involved. What would your message be to, to those uh, people? I'd just come down and, uh, and join in, that's the thing. Before we meet some of the other members of the Wednesday club, let's get the fan perspective now from the Stone Game. Max Wrench was out on the road again as he made the trip along with a number of Bears fans to Kings Park for the latest away day. Hello and welcome to what is going to be a bit of an evening in the life this time of supporting the Bears away with Stone Old Lanians tonight being our game. Another league game, another away league game coming off the back of another away league win actually on Saturday which was nice down at Atherston in a game which probably could have gone either way to be honest with you. I thought Particularly first half, they probably had the better of it. To be fair to us, we were uphill. The pitch wasn't great on Saturday. I thought it was a bit long. It did look quite bobbly. It was, yeah, kind of hard to pass the ball about without an odd bounce or, you know, ricocheting here, there and everywhere. But I thought they were probably the better side first half. They had a big guy up top who was, yeah, putting himself about quite well and causing us problems, a bit of a nuisance for us. And they had a few chances. Luckily, I thought there was some really good defending, to be fair, to, to a few blocks and to stop them. We didn't really create too much first half. Their keeper made a good save from a corner. But other than that, 
yeah, not too much. Whereas we come out second half and instantly you could you could feel and notice a change. We seem to be getting the ball down a lot better, moving it forward quicker and easier. And yeah, got got two goals on the back of that. The first one coming from a corner actually. We played it short, worked it into the box, and it actually came out to the edge. And Dan on almost like a half volley, really struck it really nicely right into the top corner. Keeper had absolutely no chance. And the second coming from, we won a throw-in down the right-hand side after some great work from Marco, really battling to win us the throw-in and took the throw-in within two or three passes. I think Dan solid one through for Brian, who made no mistake, went on with the keeper, smashed it home. From then onwards, they, they ended up scoring maybe 10 minutes after that. And I think we probably had about 25 minutes to, to see the game out. And in that time, they had, they had a lot of possession, a lot of the ball, and they were pinging in long throws, corners, long balls, all sorts. But defence stood firm, to be fair to it. I don't remember a clear-cut chance coming in that time. And, yeah, we um, came away with three points, which, which, again, is great. Another away win. It's putting up to a really good position in the league now, up to third. I know teams below us have got a couple of games in hand and stuff like that, but it's great to be up and about it. And hopefully we can um, get three more points tonight. It's going to be a tough game. Obviously, Stone at the minute haven't been doing great in terms of the table but I've seen recently I think they've won the last four games so it's definitely going to be difficult obviously Tuesday night going away it's never going to be easy no matter who you're against obviously it's quite good with it being one of the more local away days um, it's half five now I've just got in from work and I think we're looking to set off about half six quarter seven my dad's driving this evening it's his turn after I did it on Saturday uh, not sure if there's anyone else coming in the car with us. I think my granddad's away in Lanzarote at the moment, enjoying the sun. He said he was, uh, yeah, keeping updated on Twitter, and I'm sure he will be again tonight. He said he was quite nervous, checking the updates on his phone and everything. So, yeah, we'll get some thoughts from the car shortly when I'm uh, when we're on our way. On our way, then set off about twenty-five to seven. Four of us in the car. Weather's looking good at the moment, so been a good start, Dad. Thoughts on today? Yeah, uh, straight back from work, parents' evening, no tea, get changed in the car again, down towards Stone. Uh, Maxie's granddad is swanning around Lanzarote with no commitment to these away games. Uh, he needs to pull his finger out, really. Looking forward to it and hoping for a win. For the record, that is my sister's parents' evening, and uh, not mine, I'm a bit old for that now. Arrived here then at a really old school ground here in Stone, proper old clubhouse and stand behind the goal. Decent enough clubhouse to be fair, good selection of beers, all bottles only, but that is what it is. Pitch looks half decent, maybe a little bit long. Team, same as Saturday again, so confident with with that. Obviously, one too far's drive is one of the closer away games. The players are just coming out of the tunnel now, ref's just blowing his whistle for them to come out, so... Yeah, fingers crossed we can uh, put in a good performance first half, go in front and see where we're at half-time. Oh, brings you to a really frustrating first half, down to 1-0 down. Yeah, just frustrating half really, they have one tactic and that's it, a big lad up top from goal kicks, goal ball in the keeper's hand, free kicks, he just did it in and he seems to win every header and then they play from there and that's all they, they, they seem to be able to do. We've had a lot of possession, a lot of the ball and got in some good areas but I don't think we've had a single shot that you know that we've not made the keeper work at all I think we need to probably take a couple more risks in the second half definitely start letting some shots go and just try and stop letting this lad win headers 
and then yeah hopefully as we normally do in second halves turn up a bit more fitness will start to show create a few more chances because um, we look threatening I thought Marco and George particularly uh, down the wings well I know Marco's a right back but he's bombing on forward because they're sitting deep threat looks like it could come from there but yeah hopefully second half we start to um, create a few more chances and get a few shots off full time and it's uh, 1-1 it was a pretty scrappy game of football I thought second half was kind of more of the same it was continuation of the first half they stuck to their game plan of sitting deep and just pumping it long every time to the numerous big lads that they had on their side we had much more of the ball the majority of the ball kept possession a lot and trying to play like that was quite difficult on that pitch it was quite a long grass and everything it looked challenging we did create a lot more chances second half few good saves from their keeper one off the post a few where it just didn't quite fall for us in the end we got a penalty in the last sort of added time of the game Chad has missed it but then fortunately the rebound bound fell uh, fell back to him and he put it away from then onwards it was kind of just end to end really either team could have gone on to win it it's one of them where you kind of take the point away from home in the end but you, you feel a little frustrated as it could have been more dad what do you think I don't know, I think you just said literally everything. Um, we did all right. That was a hard pitch. They obviously sit in behind and go, go on break us down on a big heavy pitch. Difficult. Got a point. We go again, don't we? Um, it's not a loss. And um, they've beat some decent teams recently. So what's that? Seven or eight away games and we're still in the top, in the playoff positions. Only played two at home. So yeah, all's well. Next one. Back home then, just before half ten. After yeah, what was only a short trip back from Stone this evening. After a well, a bit frustrating game, I think we kind of come away with a point, and it's not really the end of the world. It's it's probably a tough tough game, tough conditions, and obviously away on a Tuesday night it's going to be difficult. And especially when you get the goal in the last minute, it's not a terrible result to come away with. And I think when you look at the league table now, as Dad was saying, um, you know we've played nine games, and seven of those have been away. And to be, I think, we're third still at the moment. That's a really good position to be in. And I think, you know, we'll get those home games coming in soon. If you look at our home record over the last year and a half, it's been really good. So you think we can kind of build on the the position that we've put ourselves in now. Yeah, so looking ahead to Saturday, obviously, it's our first first Saturday league game of the year, which is, which is mad, really, you know, right at the end of the September. But like I say, it will be good to start having those home games and hopefully we can pick up more points there. Uh, it is um, Hawaiian day for the early starters on Saturday so expect to see a few Hawaiian shirts knocking about if anyone fancies uh, joining a bit of a tradition that, that we do first league game at home of the season on a Saturday Hawaiian day so yeah looking forward to that hopefully we'll pick up three more points there but yeah we haven't uh, we haven't lost tonight probably a point game more than anything even if it could have been three still in a good position in the league so yeah, positive, extending that unbeaten run. Hopefully three more points on Saturday. See a few of you there. Cheers for listening. Thanks to Max for his latest fan away day. And I look forward to seeing the Hawaiian shirts at the Cleric Stadium on Saturday. That's where I am now, where the Wednesday club are hard at work. I've come inside to the away dressing room, which is currently being lined with yellow panels on the wall. That's been the job of John Cope and Glyn Gibson. 
John, you're one of the founding members of the Wednesday Club. So how did it first start? It started because I'd been a supporter. And we came up here and we could see nothing was getting done. There were all sorts of things. But, I mean, some were really silly. For instance, the chairman at that time used to come up here every Saturday morning and swill this out with the fire hose. And he couldn't understand why he couldn't get rid of the water. So one day, Alan Bell and myself, he was another member, founder member, said, wonder where this water goes. So we went down the back and there was a manhole, but we found that the drain never connected to it. It was a yard yard. So he was spending all his days up here, swelling out the, out the changing rooms, didn't go anywhere, the water. And that was all, we could just see that the, the club was in dire need of the bottom stand, had a big piece of timber in the middle, a great big bulk of timber. We said, we wonder why, we, it, it appeared to be t- attached to nothing. We knocked it down, Arthur stand fell in. <laughs> we built that stand over there. Uh, that was done, I designed that stand. It, it was done by a company in Congleton, it was, uh, the director was a mate of mine. We put it all that, we erected that without any mechanical means whatsoever. That stand at the top, I built that. I actually built that stand. You, my metal, because I owned a little engineering company, so that's how we started. Uh, there's all sorts of things gone in since then. Converting the hospitality, we converted that, because if you look in there, that's, that L-shaped room is actually into the other porter cabin, so that's quite a big job. And Glenn and I have been doing this uh, dressing room, pretty much. Um, done all sorts of things, haven't we, Glenn? Oh, the shelter. That was done because a guy uh, used to come here who lost his legs, and uh, all of a sudden he wasn't coming anymore. So I said to the then chairman, why does this guy not come? And he said, because they made us take that down, saying it's against the regulations. So that was really my first job here. I took, I built that in my workshop. And that's, that was the first job we ever did as a Wednesday club. So when did the Wednesday club start? What kind of year? The, we- the Wednesday club, I've been here 20, 24, 25 years next year. So it would start in 1999. And I used to, I was then working. I used to go and set my workers up and come here and work for nothing. And did that for a few years. We, still do. <laughs> we 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 did that for. There was three of us, and then there was four of us, and then uh, I don't know if you know anything about the supporters trust. Well, at one time there was quite a bit of aggravation between the supporters trust and the club itself, and a guy called Nick Shatwell, who was a director, got them together. So they start. Peter was one of those. They started coming. So it's been running. 25, I'd say 24 years. And, and in terms of kind of why you do it, why do you do it? Why, why, why do you give up your Wednesday? Well, I do, I do mainly because I've always been interested in local football. I played local football and I've always been interested in local football. And really that was why I started. Uh, why I come now is probably for a totally different reason. Com- well, I'd say it's completely different. And I'd say a lot of us, we, we're all good friends, you know, we all share a laugh. And it's become a way of life, really. And Glyn, why did you first kind of get, get involved? We all support the club, this is why we're here. But 
We're all retired, one day a week, look after the ground. Any, any maintenance required, we do it. I've actually been coming down here since I retired. That six, seven years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. And not long after he retired, I shan't say who, because I am making him famous, he said, you need to come to the Wednesday club, you do. So and so and so and so. It went on, lasted about three months, and then I started coming down. And then my background is engineering, as is John's, so we tended then to team up on any works. And we did it between us, don't we, John? And, and just led to that. Then we ended up with the yellow stuff, as you see here, and we panelled all this lot out and so on. You know, anything that needs doing, engineering-wise, we'll do it. I'll be paving stuff, you know, mowers and the likes. We'll just do it. Another auto technician here, he's joined. He looks after the tractor now as well, don't you, Pete? Yeah. And <laughs> everyone to their own, you know, we just look after the things that need doing. See, we all enjoy supporting the club, so day to give something back. It's enjoyable to come down. Say you have more laughter than what you do hard work, but it's good. It is very good. And John, in terms of the club and how it's grown, how have you seen the club grow in your time or your 25 years nearly? At well, I've seen, it, I've seen it grow certainly in, in numbers of supporters, particularly over the last three or four years. We've, uh, you know, the support's grown tremendously. The club uh, is, well, it's, it's unrecognisable from when I came here. You know, we had no stand over there. You know, all the infrastructure is much better now than it was before. I mean, when you think, we'd only, we only had these two stands and we had the bottom stand, which was... We've completely rebuilt the bottom stand. And the, the other thing that I, I've, seen, I've seen happen here, when I first came here, there were three of us, and you can imagine the mechanic in the tractor. Uh, someone else was mowing the grass, I have to say that. But... We were mechanic in the tractor. We were doing everything really. Plumbing. We had a we had a bad winter. Somebody turned the central heating off. Alan Bell and myself mended over two hundred bass in the club. It was, the club was like a, a wash running down running down the street. So initially we came here to help and better the club. Now, well, I, it's it's something different now. It's totally different, and we all get along great. You've had a big part in this. Without your volunteering, your dedication, and your commitment to the club, the club wouldn't be anywhere near where it is now. Do you kind of walk in and think, wow, we managed to, to make it what the club is now? The one thing that always stands out to me is when we visit other grounds. Um, and I, I've talked to volunteers, particularly the guys at Glossop, who were in our league at the time, they had a similar setup to us, but most clubs have three or four volunteers, and the difference is chalk and cheese. Without you go on somewhere where it's uh, municipal owned ground, the difference is chalk and cheese. Some of these grounds are really poor, poor infrastructure, poor everything. So that's I, I realised by doing what we've done. That's what's made our club really. You know, it's made it's made. Everything it made everything better. Absolutely, and and what's kind of some of your standout memories from following the the Concordon Town all these years? All sorts of things. Crew, going to crew. Um, that went in the cup. One year um, when a guy called Langley was our manager, we got quite not as far as 
this year in the FA Vars, but we played a team called Sudbury who bought about 400 supporters. And we also had a quite a good run in the FA Cup that year. I mean, my standout memories are more about, about the people. We've lost a lot of the characters, I have to say. We have lost a lot of the characters. I mean, I, the stories that come from, from here. Uh, for instance, Alan Bell and myself decided we're going to be in a load of rubbish. That was over on that far side. So he said, I'll go and get some diesel. Anyway, we were looking around for diesel. At this time, none of the cans were marked because we didn't really have anything to do with ordering the fuel. So we found what we thought was uh, diesel, threw it on this bonfire. Alan lit this torch to, and there was a big explosion. Me and him ended up on the back and the flames were 80 foot high. It wasn't, it wasn't diesel. It was actually, it was actually uh, petrol with oil added for a two motor. Another thing, one day he was putting the tractor away and uh, we had a, a guard over the top and he drove in and forgot to put the guard down. And the, the, car, the, the next thing, he's jammed inside the container and I have to get the angle grinder and cut him loose, cut him loose, and it falls down with a thump, <laughs> throws him off. There were some really funny... It's been great. We've had some really funny instances. And what do you kind of get out of it? Everything. I get everything out of it, really. I, you know, I've got the friendship of all these guys. Who, none I knew. I didn't know any any one of them when I came here. There was nobody I really knew very well. And I get uh, I get quite a lot out of out of just the people I work with. I think it's great. You know, I don't think uh, any of us have to worry because we can always talk things over. That's it. If in doubt, you tell John, he tells everybody. No problem. <laughs> and then just how, how kind of important is that? Very important. Well, it is. It keeps your mind active. And when you get to our ages, you need something to keep your mind active, don't you? You know, you don't sit in a chair and look out the window. Come down here, have an attitude. He is right about that. During the time I've been here, I lost my son and my wife. And these people were part of the, part of the recovery. So, yeah, it's very important, I think. You know, we've got about, what, 14 now, we 15? We've got a lot of people now, yeah. There we always hire but it keeps your mind active, keeps an interest going. Instead of boring and, you know, sitting in a chair all day and doing nothing. And how much do you enjoy kind of the challenges that I guess you might face with, I don't know, trying to work out, oh, that doesn't quite fit for like, the change rooms? I'll be honest, when we... Panelled all this out, I spent about ten nights just working out what fit where. Because we, we were left with a pile of these panels, and that was it. Nothing else to do, was it, John? So we measured them all. Then I sat down with all my measurements at home and worked out what fit where, and here we are. Yeah. Nearly done. For the listeners who obviously can't be here, can't, can't see it, what exactly are, are you doing? What, what, what's this current project you're currently working on? All these yellow panels, we've got a stack of them. So we've worked out what fits where, like we did all down the, the tunnel there. And then we started in here, fitting things, measuring how it went like. We're now putting skirting board around, all in this yellow stuff. And then from here, we've then got another wall there. Well, we'll have to work out and see what fits, and or make, should I say, make stuff fit. And then 
carry on there till it's all yellow. Then it's all wiped down, you see, all nice and clean. Makes life easier again without painting. So that's where we're up to. Uh, what's your message to anybody about coming down if they have got time and they want to try and just get involved? What's we're, your message? Well, we're down here from 10 till 2 on a Wednesday, approximately. Well, some come early, some stay late. Depends on the job. And anybody can spare the time, we're always grateful. Anybody, painters, decorators, engineers, plumbers, another electrician wouldn't go amiss. You know, it's, we'll accept any trade. Or if you haven't got a trade, come down here and keep all the grass cut. All has to be done. Yeah, because not everybody, not everybody who's here has had it been involved in a trade, so yeah. it makes a lot of difference, really. We've got all the lawnmowers here, so you can set out on a, say, a Wednesday morning, cut all the grass down. All looks nice for when the next, next home matches. All, all has to be done. You know, it can't be just left saying, well, it's only a bit of grass. That doesn't work. It doesn't look good. So well, we, we do spend a bit of time, don't we, Glenn, thinking of other projects? Yeah. Because it's obvious now, a lot of things are done here, so it's only really a lot of its maintenance rather than doing things. I mean, when, when Nick Shatwell came here, and he sort of ran the Wednesday club. And he would say, oh, we need to do this and we need to do that. And I used to say to him, how long do you think we're going to live, Nick? Because I could never see the end of it. <laughs> and he'd, he'd, he'd laugh. He'd say, we'll never get all this done. But we have done. I mean, obviously, I'm nearing the end of my time. I'm in my 80s now. So I'm nearing the end of this, really. You know, I still carry on coming down, but... I'm probably not as useful as I was anyway. Oh, I'm sure you are, absolutely. Well, I've probably given, taken up enough of your time because I appreciate I've probably waylaid you by quite a lot of time. I'm going to have to give you some assistance now to get all, all this kind of done. But thank you both very so much for your time. I'll, I'll make notes for how yeah. many minutes we've lost yeah. with you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> After distracting John and Glyn from their work, I've now headed outside. I've come to the far end of the pitch to just buy the mind, body and soul stand. That's where Marlene Proudman is, painting the white wall around the edge of the pitch. So when and why did you first get involved in the Wednesday Club? Well, it's a funny story, really, because um, Peter came down and he was coming down and he kept coming home from the game matches about half seven, quarter to eight, expecting me to cook tea. So I said, no, I'm not going to do it no more. <laughs> so so then, then he says, well, why don't you come with me? And that was it. I came and I loved it from the... You know, I made a friend straight away when I got here. Sadly, that they left, but um, uh, and I made a friend straight away and uh, started doing hospitality with her. And um, uh, and and then uh, Alison left, and I took over hospitality. And I made cakes every home match, and uh, and that's it. And then I come, we come down, Mandra and I and Colleen. Um, we're all four friends. So Mandra and I decided to start and come Wednesday Club. And as you can see, I'm a painter. <laughs> so what sort of things do you kind of do? What's the, what's the vision? It's a big job, because do you want to tell listeners exactly what, what, what you're doing? Because it's a big job. It, it is. Well, at the moment, I'm, I'm painting all, around the, all, all the way around the, the fence of the, of, 
the pitch. Um, so we, we did it about two years ago, Mandra and I did. So we, we're doing it now. Um, and I clean, help my pe- husband to clean the changing rooms. So, you know, but we come down quite a lot. But we're down here, you know, 20 hours a week or something like that, doing different things, you know. But we retired and we enjoyed. So, you know, so. Why, why do you do it? Because I love the club just as simple as that I love all the players I love them you know they all a lovely bunch and and, and 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 I've made such a lot of friends here and you know so yeah I just love it I just love it it's, it's, it's no it's it's just a lovely social thing to do yeah what's yeah. been the favorite thing that you, you've been involved in uh, hospitality, I think. Yeah, hospitality, because um, that was my trade anyway. I was I was in catering anyway, you know, before I retired. So, hospitality, you know, uh, doing things. You know, I used to make wedding cakes and all sorts of things, and all celebration cakes and things like that. So, baking's no problem to me. It isn't. Yeah. And when yeah. you when you've completed this, how, how long is it going to kind of take? Do you reckon to go all the way around the edge of the pitch? Well. Hopefully, when Manda comes back, she'll help me. So it's me, Manda and I. But I reckon it'll take us a few weeks, you know, because you can see how far, um, you know. But I start. We started there, and we've got all the way around. And we've we've done that, and we've done this in about a couple of weeks. So you know, we we crack on when we get going, you know. So yeah, yeah. And what once it's completed, and you come on a match day, and you see it, do you think? Well, that, that one was all worth it, or do you think well, it's not too long before we have to start doing it all again? No, no, no. I think I think I think it's worth it, and then I forget when I've got to do it again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think it's worth it when you know it'll look it'll look really nice when it's when it's all the way when you know when it's all the way round you know so um, so yeah yeah I, I, I thoroughly enjoy coming. I enjoy my Wednesdays and. Yeah, it's a big social thing as well, isn't it? it? Is, Obviously, yeah. you, you do doing the jobs, but there's that social side to it as oh, well. Oh, oh yes, yeah. Uh, and we do, and, and the Wednesday club, Manja and I do lots of little do's for them. We collect every week, and we do a big Christmas dinner for them for the Wednesday club, and and then we do. I think it's about beginning of the season. We did a little buffet for them, and so yeah, we do all sorts of things like that. And this is what. <laughs> like a local community club should, should all be about isn't it it should be it should be uh, helping everybody you know and, and that yeah and, and we, we work all great together you know nobody nobody minds what they do nobody says no and you know you know Pete tells you to do a job and you just do it <laughs> sometimes I do anyway <laughs> <laughs> you may be able to hear the sound of the tractor that Paul Minshall is on going up and down the pitch cutting the grass He's helped by other members to help maintain the pitch and I caught up with Paul during one of the tea breaks signalled by a hooter. I've supported the club as a, as, a, as a supporter for probably 25, 26, 27 years um, and then I used to work within the, the finance industry and uh, I left that job about 10 years ago now and at that time I was asked to get involved with the Wednesday club um, and I'd got a free day on a Wednesday, so uh, obviously I did. So p- pitch-wise, I've, I've been working on it probably, it might be 10, might be 12 years actually, but uh, all of that time I mean, I've always come down to the Wednesday club and done, and done other things, but primarily it's been looking after the pitch, you know, so uh, I do what I can 
uh, when I can with the equipment we've got, you know, uh, by and large, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it, it holds up well. We've had a lot of um, help over the years, you know, with, with local companies as well, Campies and Sibelco for sand, Campies for uh, grass cutting equipment. And, uh, you know, it's been really good that we've had that help from, from those local companies. We've also done things like, you know, when we've had to spread fertiliser, and again, you need equipment to be able to spread, for, you know, there's a, there's a cost of the fertiliser, which has gone up a lot lately, but you also need equipment as well. And on occasions, we've had help even from local farmers who brought machinery with a fertiliser spreader on it and, 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 you know, helped us with that, so... You know, always grateful for any help that we get locally. Um, you know, it, it, it does benefit the club. What's like a weekly routine for you with the pitch? It depends on the time of year, obviously, but but, but by and large, I mean, the, the, the pitch is 52 weeks of the year. It always requires, you know, something to do to In grass growing season, I mean, I mean the grass grows most, most of the year, you know, unless it goes very, very cold, but... Uh, I mean, during the summer, maybe it requires cutting, you know, two, maybe three times a week. You know, obviously that uh, diminishes, um, you know, as, as as the autumn and, and winter comes along. And maybe, you know, as a, as far as we can get into the winter, we're soon cut it at least once a week. Um, as as well as pitch cutting, we 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 generally try to aerate it um, over the winter months, which is we've got a, a you know a slitting machine that fits onto the tractor. And that and that slits the ground and you know opens it up and lets air into it and and also helps the drainage, you know and uh, again a, a brush unit that fits onto the tractor that um, again helps the surface and uh, makes the grass stand up you know to enable you to cut it better. And a lot of work goes on over the summer. Obviously, when the the, the teams aren't playing in the summer, that's kind of a key time isn't it for you it, it, it is absolutely yeah I mean, I mean you don't you don't get you don't get much gap actually between the season actually finishing i think it was towards the end of may this year when it finished and then by and large you know the pre-season would probably start end of june early july so there's not a lot of time there but yeah i mean, I mean uh, after the end of the season last few years we've um, again had help from some campies and we've 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 put many 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 bags of seed you know probably 10 11 bags of of seed on onto the pitch you know in that summer period and of course then you're reliant to a large extent on getting the weather um, you know getting rain and, and 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 sunshine to to get the grass to grow um you know so yeah that's just during, you know done during the the off season if you like but but by and large, you know, the, the pitch requires attention 52 weeks of the year. You know, you, you, it, ne- it never gets left, you know, um, with, with no attention at all. You know, even after a match, even if you can't cut the pitch, you know, the, after a match in the winter months, you know, you need to work on the pitch to repair divot marks and, uh, you know, any any scrapes from play. Um, occasionally, although it's, it's, it's not... Um, it's not. It's not a thing that's encouraged within uh, with grounds maintenance. We we we've got a big roller that we get onto the pitch, you know. So if it is particularly badly, you know, un- uneven, we'll get the roller on it. Uh, but but that's sort of last resort thing, really. What do you think makes a good pitch a successful pitch? What, in your view, means that you you've done a good job? 
I, I think you know the, 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 if, if the grass is at, uh, I mean there is a, a, a required length, uh, so you know make sure the pitch is cut. We make sure that uh, you know any any damage is repaired, and really the, the pitch looks looks presentable in my view. You know, it, you know I like it to look how it should look. You know, for the players and for spectators to see. You know, um, and, and by and large, I think I think that, that it does. Congleton, I don't know the stats, but seems to have a pretty good record of even in bad weather, unless it's really, really wet or for a frozen pitch, tend to kind of get a game on. Other clubs, I think, end up having waterlogged pitch a lot kind of more. What are the challenges kind of around, particularly the wet weather and the, and the winter weather, and how, how do you kind of combat that? Um, I, I, th- I, think, I think a lot of it depends, you know, on, on the work that we've done, you know, in, in the summer months. When I say we've, we've, we've you know, shockwaved the ground, which means that you get a, a machine on it that, that sort of cuts the surface of the pitch and opens it, opens it up slightly, and then you can uh, introduce to that some, uh, I mean, I say sand, but it's not building sand, it's, it's, it's ground maintenance sand that uh, when you spread that over the ground, it helps drainage through the pitch. And I think, you know, you do that over the summer. And that obviously then benefits the pitch in the bad winter months you because know, because the pitch drains better. Um, there, is, there are there are land drains in it, you know. So uh, I think think that does help. I mean, by and large, um, as you said, I mean, I think I think frozen grounds it doesn't matter. There's not a lot we can do about that. We've, you know, it's it's not generally well. We can't cover it because we've got nothing to cover it with. But by and large, over the last few seasons, you know, we've had very very few. I think games called off either for rain or for, for, for frozen pitches. You know, not one or two. When you see it raining, kind of outside, when you look out your window and see it ra- raining, what do you think? Do you think, oh no? I do think that, yeah. And you wonder, you know. But 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 by and large, you know, there was, there was some very wet periods over, over this most recent summer, um, but the pitches drained really, really well, and uh, sort of with a <laughs> with a spectator's hat on. You're thinking, uh, you know, I hope the pit, you know, hope the pitch is okay and the game's on, with a, with a sort of a groundsman's hat on. You always think, you know, is it really beneficial to play on the pitch when when, when the conditions are, are really so bad? But it's it's good when the game's on. I think by and large, um, we do really really well. I, I couldn't tell you what the, the numbers of postponed games are, but they are quite few, and certainly probably better than most teams. Um, in the leagues that we play in, you know, generally, I think it's okay. I'd like to think people think it's it's okay. This might sound like a weird question, but is there kind of a kind of an art to cutting grass? Because would you would you kind of cut the the pitch like you've cut your kind of a, the back lawn of your kind of garden? I guess well, that's a difficult question. I mean, my, my my back garden, to be honest, doesn't look that good and nowhere near as good as the pitch. Um, I, I mean. Generally, you know, you, you you try and cut it on a frequent basis, and you you, you cut it in different directions, um, which which benefits. You know, it, it cut, it's cut better if you don't cut it in the same direction all the time. But it's, it's primarily it's, it's regular cutting, fertilising it when it needs to be fertilised. In the summer months, if it's particularly dry. We do try and get sprinklers onto the pitch. That does help. But you'd be amazed at how resilient grass is, really. You know, and it can it can it can look really, you know, a bit like the Sahara Desert sometimes during the summer when it's been really dry. But it recovers. But it's it's it's, it's just time and effort, really. How has the pitch changed? Because obviously, people that might be listening to to, to this who might be 
slightly older might know that there used to be a, quite a significant slope on, on the pitch. So how has the pitch changed during your time at the club? I think with the effort that we've put in, with with improving the, you know, the the quality of the of, of, of the surface by you know introducing uh, better drainage, I think that certainly um, helped. Um, I think obviously when the pitch had a big slope on it, and, the, and when you look at some of the old pitches from some some twenty five thirty years ago, I think the fact that the pitch had a slope on and the, and, and the water probably pooled at one end it certainly you know there wasn't a lot of grass on the pitch at certain times you know if you look at the I'm not sure whether it's still up in the in the clubhouse but if you look at some of the pitches you know they do there's not a lot of grass on show and I think it, I think by and large you know it, it has improved because of the time and effort that you put in in terms of maintenance you know there has been people um, working on the pitch prior to me who again have put in significant amount, amounts of time and uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, the work that they've done on the pitch has always been appreciated. And uh, it, it's just really just, just putting time in and having the right equipment. Why do you do it? Why do you dedicate so much of your, your time to maintaining the, the kind of pitch and the, the other jobs that you do as well? All, all the people that are down here, it's, it's great to come down and chat with those people. And, uh, you know, socially, it, it, it's great. Uh, but, you know, in, in terms of, you know, I think it's a, it's a benefit for the for the communities to have a, uh, you know, an attractive facility uh, for people to come and uh, watch and, you know, in, in, inspired to get involved in, in, in playing football, you know. So I just, I just like to be involved and help, you know, whenever I can. It was great going down to meet the Wednesday club, so thank you to them for everything that they do for the club. As you heard, they meet every Wednesday from 10am. So if it is something you'll be interested in helping out with, then you know where to find them. This Saturday, the Bears are at home as they face Dudley Town at the Cleric Stadium. The reserves are away at AFC Nosley. The ladies' first team are at home for the first time this season as they play Macclesfield Town Ladies at Congleton High School. That's a 2pm kickoff on Sunday. The ladies' reserves team travel the short distance to Sandbach United, also on Sunday. Don't forget your Hawaiian shirt if you're joining the early starters on Saturday. We hope to see you there. Until then, thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast.